You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 260 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. Uh, I was a total pig over Christmas and I did not take care of my teeth. Now I'm suffering from toothache. Jeez. Pain like this really makes me feel empathy towards those suffering. And I wish to liberate everyone from suffering and thus liberating myself. Today is the Make Your Dreams Come True Day, the 13th of January 2020. But in these digital times, you might be listening to this podcast at any point in the future. So I don't know if that has any relevance to you. But me recording this at this time, at this Make Your Dreams Come True Day, I wanted to do that and release it on this day because my dream is peace on earth. 2020 is also the year of the metal rat. And right off the bat we are faced with a possible third world war. And I hope, I sincerely hope that humanity is too clever these days to allow such a war to happen. Come on. Don't fall for the stupidity of the leaders. Don't fall for speeches about patriotism. I've known that the United States wants a war with Iran for a long time. In a sense, it was only a question of time when it was about to happen. But still, it would be better if it did not happen. Because a war with Iran means a war with China and Russia being allies and all and uh, that's the kind of war we do not need Uh, if you haven't watched the films of Charlie Chaplin I think you should don't be afraid because they're black and white don't be afraid because they're old Charlie Chaplin's films are timeless masterpieces The Kid, The Gold Rush Modern Times and The Great Dictator are films you need to watch before you die And I want to play a speech made in The Great Dictator. It is a speech the whole world should listen to right now. Now when we have another war at our doorstep. I'm sorry. But I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. 
The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men. But in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. A decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! As you might have noticed, I no longer release an episode a week. With a new year, changes need to be made. And uh, quality before quantity, I think. At least what I think is quality. Uh, I will also continue to make less episodes with guests because after doing 270 episodes I find there are less people I want to have on as guests. I've talked to most of the people I wanted to talk to but I don't know everybody in the world so if I find somebody interesting I will reach out to them. I do these podcasts for me and I think the more you do something you want to do for yourself the more real they become and hopefully some people out there will enjoy these even more now when I've changed the format of releasing less episodes. I promised you the great secret and I will not disappoint you. Is this the end of our adventure? Nothing has an end. We came in search of the secret of immortality, to be like gods. And here we are, mortals, more human than ever. If we have not obtained immortality, at least we have obtained reality. We began in a fairy tale, and we came to life. But 
Is this life reality? No. It is a film. Zumba camera. We are images, dreams, photographs. We must not stay here, prisoners. We shall break the illusion. This is Maya. Goodbye to the holy mountain. Real life awaits us. That's from another great film by Alejandro Jodorowsky. His alchemical masterpiece, The Holy Mountain, something you really should watch. Maya, as mentioned in, uh, in the clip I just played, is a concept found in ancient Vedic literature. Maya is the power by which the universe becomes manifest, the illusion or appearance of the phenomenal world. In other words, Maya is the dream we all live in. Just because it's a dream doesn't mean it's not real. As I always say, the illusion is real. I think part of achieving enlightenment is understanding this fully. To be aware of it fully, that the illusion is real. To know that everything is an illusion, but also to see it as real. To hold these two opposites as a unity. To see the dream and to live the dream. But enlightenment is not something you can achieve on your own. We all need help from friends, from family, from teachers, from plants. To achieve enlightenment is a war with yourself and the only war we should have. For most people the term jihad is deeply connected with terrorism, however it's not really accurate. Jihad basically represents the struggle with the self and with God and is classified in two groups, the lesser jihad and the greater jihad. Like in alchemy, this is the Islamic version of the above and the below. The lesser jihad is the holy war that jihad is mostly known for. However, the concept of holy war is uh, much like the concept of the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! Much like the concept of the Spanish Inquisition, something that has been concocted by the organizers of Islam. Such people or groups have complete lack of spiritual and divine energies and are only focused on power and greed. All religions have these people and they are ultimately irrelevant in my opinion uh, on the grand scheme of things. In Islamic mysticism, what's called Sufism, There is a concept of the greater jihad, which is the struggle against oneself and the struggle to be at one with the beloved, with Allah, God, the source, whatever you want to call it. 
In other terms, it is the struggle within oneself against sin. And yet again, sin did not originally mean what it represents today. Sin was simply missing the mark, falling off the wagon, not seeing the forest for the trees, etc. We are all on a spiritual quest of some sort, consciously or not. And for me personally, I am always at war in the realm of the greater jihad. And why am I talking about this? Well, to achieve enlightenment, you have to be a warrior. You have to go to war. And you cannot always do this on your own. And I'm talking, of course, about a spiritual, internal war. And you can't do it on your own. You can't. Recently on the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast, his guest Jack Cornfield talked about how Buddha achieved enlightenment. To give you some backstory, uh, after having a few adventures, uh, Siddhartha Gautama, the one who would become the Buddha, the awakened one, he sat beneath a sacred fig tree and uh, meditated. And when his mind was purified by concentration, it is said he acquired the three knowledges. The first knowledge was that of his past lives and the past lives of all beings. The second knowledge was of the laws of karma. The third knowledge was that he was free of all obstacles and released from attachments. Buddhist legends say that the demon Mara wished to stop Siddhartha's quest for enlightenment. So Mara brought his most beautiful daughters to seduce him. But Siddhartha did not move. Let's have Jack Cornfield tell the rest. And Mara comes back in the form of aggression. The armies of Mara come oh. say, all right, if, you're weak, if I can't tempt you by my daughters, the most beautiful daughters in the world, the most beautiful temptations, then I'm going to unseat you in another way. And all the armies of Mara uh, come of anger and violence and uh, attack the Buddha. Right. Um, and when you see the paintings that are done of the Buddha seated under the Bodhi tree looking so peaceful, and you see the armies of Mara shooting flaming arrows and spears and all of the weapons of that time, and the Buddha has one hand raised in this very delicate gesture where his thumb and his forefinger touch and make a circle, and he reaches out and you see him touch one of the flaming arrows or the, the spears and it turns into flower petals and falls at his feet. And he does that by not getting angry about the aggression and all the hatred, but by touching it with love and saying, oh yeah, this is painful, touching with compassion, touching it with his heart. There's a little red line that goes from his heart up through his chest wow. and out his arm to his fingers. And when he touches it with love, the aggression melts and turns into flower petals. Finally, Mara comes and says, dude, what right do you think you have? Who the hell do you think you are, basically, yeah. to, to sit on the seat and think you can get enlightened, like you think you're special? Isn't that like another big ego trip? Why don't you get off it and be right. a regular human being? Come on, who do you, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. What right? And the Buddha pauses, according to the myth, as we could pause when we have self-doubt of all kinds, which will come. 
and he reaches down and touches the earth. And a lot of the Buddha images, the statues that you see, have one hand reaching down like it's touching the ground. Yes. And he calls upon the goddess of the earth to bear witness to the fact that he's lived a hundred thousand mahakalpas of lifetimes practicing patience, compassion, love, generosity, steadiness, integrity, truthfulness, over and over and over again, and that he has a right to sit on the seat and awaken. And I love this moment because it's, he did all these years of all wild austerities and meditations, and in the end, he can't do it himself. He has to call on the feminine. He calls on the goddess of the earth or so and say, you got to help me, baby, because I can't just do it under my own steam. I can't do it as a guy. We're going to trans, you know, Whoa. we're going to win the Super Bowl, yeah. right, or whatever, the spiritual Super Bowl, yeah, or the war, or whatever it is. But in fact, at the moment of the final moment of being attacked by Mara, the Buddha reaches down and asks the goddess herself, the goddess, the infinite goddess, to say, you have a right to be here, and you have a good heart. This is what's true of you, and you have a right to awaken. And then Mara says, oh no, I've been defeated, and slinks away, and the Buddha gets quieter and quieter and opens himself, and then in the story, as the last star in the sky, the morning star is about to fade, he looks out on the world with the eyes of infinite compassion, and he sees he's nothing and everything, and his heart is free. But even if we might need help to become enlightened, you will not be able to meet an enlightened being, because enlightenment is not of this world. Another term for this is being awake. Enlightenment means awake. And if this reality is indeed a dream, and if you are awake, then you're not dreaming. You are not really physically in the dream. Let's hear some more from Jack Cornfield. I remember going to Ajahn Chah one day. I'm interrupting you. I don't mind. Because he was sitting there and he was like picking the dead skin off his feet. I do that all the time. And I thought, he's sitting there, and I thought, now how mindful is he? Because he was talking to somebody while he was picking the dead skin off his feet. We walk barefoot to go our alms around stuff. I thought, is this guy really mindful? And then I saw him say something to one person, and I saw him say something the opposite to a different person. I thought, wait a second, he's not even consistent. Maybe he's not even honest. And so I said, hey, you know, Westerners are are no shame. I mean, we just, you know, uh, the, the people around Ajahn Chah from Thailand and Laos were so reverential. And I said, listen, I said, I've been watching you and sometimes you don't seem that enlightened to me. Well, you know, you say one thing, then you say the opposite to another. You know, you don't look so mindful. And he laughed. He thought it was the greatest thing that someone would say that to him. And I said, why is that so funny? And he said, it's a great moment for you because if I fit your model of the perfect teacher, you'd still be in the illusion that you can find the Buddha out here somewhere. And he's not out here. Oh, wow. Ah, man. Enlightenment should be achieved to serve others. 
if we had a world where everybody would at least try to become awake, then perhaps we would not have to face wars, violence, rape and bloodshed. All those things are super immature. And I'm certain I'm speaking to the choir now. But uh, there's been a rise of right-wing politics in the Americas, in North America, in South America and in Europe. I'm not sure in Australia, but I wouldn't be surprised. In the Western world there's been a rise of right-wing politics. And I have friends that think the reason for this is because the leaders are preparing us for war. And right-wing politics are more warmongering by default. And don't get me wrong, I don't support left-wing politics either, but if you put a gun to my head, I probably go more left than right. Anyway, the reason right-wing politics are good for war is because they often focus on patriotism, and studies have shown that politicians that talk patriotism are more likely to be elected over politicians that talk about economics, like better healthcare, lower higher taxes, and so on and so forth. Basically... Politicians that talk about things that would impact the voters' lives, you know, economy, uh, get less votes than voters who talk about patriotism and nationalism. And the sheep that vote prefer voting on the people who talk about us and them. They prefer to cast their vote that empowers patriotism. Albert Einstein called patriotism the measles of mankind, and I must agree. Anyway, to get back to enlightenment, in, in Buddhism we have this famous prayer. Until I am enlightened, I take refuge in the Buddha, Dharma and Sangha. Through the merit I create by practicing giving and other perfections, may I attain enlightenment for the sake of all sentient beings. I think there is one aspect in the enlightenment debate that everyone lacks to see or fails to mention. And it is this, it is not for you, it is not for I. May I attain enlightenment for the sake of all sentient beings. It is easier to show compassion if you are not highly depressed. In fact, it is easier to cause harm to others if you feel depressed. An individual that is fully enlightened would be in the perfect position to spread compassion to all. Enlightenment is not something one becomes. Enlightenment is not something that should benefit the self. It benefits everyone around you. Enlightenment is not a status. It is a non-status. It is an unbecoming. So that others can achieve the same state. Because in the realm of compassion resides love, and in the realm of such energies, it is easier to achieve peace of mind. Because all existence is suffering, and I'm suffering right now with my damn tooth. Oh, I'm using um, uh, clove oil, uh, which is uh, very good for toothache. Fast pain relief, you rub it on, it's a natural remedy. You rub it on your gums or the area where your toothache is. Ah, and it doesn't taste good, but it's, oh, it doesn't matter because when you feel just soothing relief from pain, it's all worth it. Anyway, where was I? Um, you know, when 
when I suffer, when if I cut my finger, I can go, ouch, that hurt. Oh, fuck, motherfucker. Oh, it hurts. Or if I cut my finger, I can go, oh, I cut myself. That really hurts. The blood has a beautiful color. I know I am in pain, but my pain is so much less than someone else's pain. Pain is always fleeting, and even if it is constant, it will end in death. So... I've noticed that I can't do it now because I'm focusing on doing the podcast. But if I sit quietly and focus on my toothache and really enjoy the pain, it does go away a bit. It's weird. It's hard to explain. But uh, there are methods to endure pain. Yeah, so enlightenment should be achieved to to serve others and to achieve enlightenment you have to go to war you have to be a warrior and in a world where we are all enlightened there will be no war I think our all our society is run by insane people for insane objects mm. objectives you yeah, know? Yeah. and I think that's what I sussed when I was 16 and 12 way down the line but I expressed it differently all through my life it's the same thing I'm expressing all the time, but now I can put it into that sentence that I think we're being run by maniacs for maniacal mean uh, ends, you know. If, if anybody can put on paper what our government and the American government, etc., and the Russian, Chinese, what they are actually trying to do, you know, and how, what they think they're doing, mm. I'd be very pleased to know what they think they're doing. I think they're all insane. You know, but I'm liable to be put away as insane for expressing that. We're not thinking in terms of ten years. We're thinking in terms of peace forever, you know. And everybody's talking about now. I want peace now. We can get peace now if we want it now. And the left wing talk about giving the power to the people. You know, anybody knows that the people have the power. All we have to do is awaken the power in the people. Phil Ox was an American protest singer and songwriter and he was known for his uh, sharp wit, earnest humanism, political activism, insightful and alternative lyrics and distinctive voice. And he wrote hundreds of songs in the 60s and 70s. And in this warmongering times his song I Ain't Marching Anymore is a perfect ending to this episode. Unless the nukes have already started falling, uh, I hope I see you in the next episode, whenever that will drop. Nobody knows, not even I. But please subscribe to the podcast and follow in social media. i see you soon. Take care. Freedom is in the mind. Oh, I marched to the Battle of New Orleans at the end of the early British wars. Young land started growing, the young blood started flowing, but I ain't marching anymore. For I killed my share of engines in a thousand different fights. I was there at the little big horn. I heard many men lying, I saw many more a dying, but I ain't marching anymore. It's always the old to lead us to the wars. Always the young to fall Now look at all we want with a saber and the gun Tell me is it worth it all?
For I stole California from the Mexican land Fought in the bloody Civil War Yes, I even killed my brothers and so many others But I ain't a-marching anymore For I marched to the battles of the German trench In a war that was bound to end all wars Oh, I must have killed a million men And now they want me back again But I ain't a-marching anymore It's always the old to lead us to the wars Always the young to fall Now look at all we've won with a saber and the gun Tell me, is it worth it all? For I flew the final mission in the Japanese skies Set off the mighty mushroom roar When I saw the cities burning I knew that I was learning That I ain't marching anymore Now the labor leaders screaming when they close the missile plant United Fruit screams at the Cuban shore Call it peace or call it treason, call it love or call it reason But I ain't a-marching anymore 